You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. What would you imagine life would be like with five daughters, three rescue cats, to rescue dogs and your own PR business. This is Candace Meisel's life, and she just won Bondi Mother of the Year 2021. Personally, I only have two kids and one dog, and that's enough for me. She's here to talk to us about some subjects close to her heart, adoption and pet rescue. Hi, Candace. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me today. It's a pleasure. Now, as I mentioned, I'm barely coping with two children and one puppy. What is life like with five five daughters, three rescue cats and two rescue dogs, plus your own business? Yeah, it's a juggle. But I think once you hit three children, you kind of outnumbered in any case. So (laughs) your hands outnumbered. So you, you learn to to compartmentalize each child and each pet's needs. Um, also, my husband does help a lot. So we definitely have an equal household where I'm not doing all the work. It's definitely both of us. And um, did your own family life growing up have an impact on what you wanted your family to look like? Um, so I definitely didn't see myself having so many kids. Um, my family is actually quite small. I grew up in South Africa, as you can hear from the accent. Um, but my family's all still there. And I'm, I lived in London as well for a short while because my husband's British. Um, but it's just myself and my brother. So um, I definitely was not in a big family. And that was not like a life dream of mine as a child. But my mother um, was very involved with helping poor children in South Africa, which, as you can imagine, the need there is is just um, phenomenal. And she also used to help pets. So I guess the seeds were planted there. And I grew up with a very close friend who um, was adopted. It was closed adoption in South Africa, but I guess that also was another seed that was planted in my brain as a child. Okay, so you had four girls um, before you decided to adopt your fifth daughter. How did that come about? Was it something you knew you wanted to do even as you were having your own children or was it more serendipitous than that? Um. So both. When I had my third child, I started looking into foster care and it just seemed too hard. So I kind of just put it in the too hard box. But then I met a client of mine um, at a conference in Melbourne, um, in Sydney, and she didn't have any of her own children. And she dedicated her life, besides from her business, to fostering. And she inspired me. And I actually did a little bit of pro bono PR work just to create awareness for her about fostering and she featured in Marie Claire magazine and I guess I was inspiring myself by her story at the same time as inspiring other people so that's that means you're doing a good job when you inspire (laughs) yourself yeah yeah and then I kind of like spoke to my husband about it and we were already obviously in chaos I was I think I was pregnant at the time or I'd just given birth to to my fourth child when we actually did our training so yeah, we, we started doing the training and lucky he was on the same page because you definitely both need to be on the same page. But a lot of single people foster and um, same-sex couples. So it really, it doesn't need to be like a mum and dad as long as you've got a loving home and you go through the training. What was the training like? 
so so our agency was very flexible because we were both working and then I had a baby and three other kids. So they used to come to us in the evenings and that's when the kids were um, sleeping or supposed to be sleeping. And <laughs> um, they, they were very flexible. So I would recommend um, phoning around if you are interested and in finding an agency that is flexible because especially if you're working or if you've got your own family, you do need that flexibility. And the training was – it. I remember feeling very emotional. They showed some videos that I was in shock, really, just to think that this happens in Australia. The things I remember seeing a child in nappies being cared for by maybe a five-year-old sister while the parents were both um, either unconscious or sleeping from substance abuse or drugs. So it was a huge eye-opener. But it was really interesting at the same time. And knowing that you can play a small part in a child and a birth family's life in a positive way is very inspirational. So what's open adoption? What does that mean? So the law in Australia is open adoption. So that means that you work towards a positive relationship with the birth family because there's been research that's proven that it's best for children to know where they come from in terms of identity, culture, and so that they don't fantasize who their birth parents are. Right. So that means you're still in touch with your youngest's family now? Yes. So um, it's positive relationship. And that is when you go through the adoption assessments, they do check that you are talking about the birth family and that it is a positive connection. And obviously they give you training around that and you do have ups and downs, but um, you have to learn to work through those for your child. And how did your other girls um, take having another daughter brought in but possibly not the same way that their other siblings were? Yes so when we decided to become foster parents we spoke to the older two I don't think my third really understood at the time but and obviously the fourth was a baby so she didn't but we did speak to them and they they were keen they were excited um, but initially how it works with fostering is obviously they try and restore the child to the birth family. So that was our first goal. We didn't go into it knowing that we were going to adopt. We went into it with the fact that we would um, restore, hopefully, a connection between the birth family and the child. So we started with short-term adoption and then that went into long-term. And once she was with us long-term, that's when we wanted to go the open adoption route. And um, so as you mentioned, the end goal is to get the child back with their family. Once you got to the long-term adoption stage, I imagine you were very emotionally connected with that little girl. Was it at all worrying to you that you may not have, they may have been restored to their family at that point? Like when I say worrying, I don't mean, obviously you wanted her to be with her family. Yes, Was it stressful at all, I guess? So I I do think like at the beginning when she was still, before we got long-term orders from a court, when she was still in um, short-term care with us, my mindset was very different. I went into it with thinking, okay, she's going to go back to her mum. And I prepared the girls as well, saying that she's only with us for a short time and then she's going to go back to her mummy when her mummy's better and can look after her. So it was then I only really shifted my mindset and formed that complete bond with her when she came into our long-term care because I was just really like trying to restore her to her birth family at that stage. And so once you get the long-term orders, what does long-term mean? So long-term means that the child will be in your care 
as long as everything goes smoothly until the child's 18 and then they leave care. And once the child's in long term, that's when you can start looking into guardianship or open adoption or just stay in long term care, which means they stay with you and you still receive a foster care allowance, but they keep their own surname and you still managed with the foster care agency. Right. And so how old is your youngest now? So she's two and a half. Two and a half. And how old's your eldest? So she's almost 11. That's, yeah, that's a full house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <is> cool. <laughs> so um, I'm assuming, but we, we can't assume, but five children is a lot. Were you considering taking any more children in, um, for, to foster or adopt after your youngest? Um, so at the moment we are considering it, <laughs> but probably only one more just because I was thinking I'm 37 now, turning 38, my husband's 41. So just thinking about ages and I think the more kids you have, actually, the easier it is to manage. When I thought of my life with one or two, I actually found it harder. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that, <laughs> I don't, maybe I find it's because, that really hard to believe. Yeah, I think it's. I think my mother does as well. She only had me and my brother, so <laughs> I think she's a little bit of shock with how many kids I have. But yeah, I think um, it's easier to to like. I kind of like project manage them in their own, what their, with their own needs and what's um, and obviously making that one on one time is very important as well. So, and they do crave that. So, yeah. But I think once you hit three, you kind of just like get into a different groove. And the kids, the older kids, are more independent as well. The other thing, of course, is that you have uh, three adopted cats and two rescue dogs mm-hmm. now. Um, cats, I'm not so familiar with. Dogs, I have a better understanding of, given that I have a, a very rambunctious puppy. Uh, <laughs> rescue animals can be reasonably unpredictable in terms of how they will become a part of your family, mm-hmm. I guess, and how they fit with your family. How did you come across the dogs you have now? So we decided to get older dogs just because I knew that we had young kids at the time and we've had the dogs for five years now. Um, so they're old now, they're 12 and 13, but we got them five years ago. So we went through um, Monica's dog rescue in Ingleside in Sydney, but there's many dog rescue and cat rescue places all over Australia. And they worked with us to find the best match, similar to foster care as well. Obviously, you you need dogs that are okay with young children. Um, And we did go there twice with our kids just to play with the dogs before we selected which ones um, were a good fit. And did they um, integrate well into family life? Yes. So one dog's a Japanese Spitz, and he has a lot of anxiety because obviously you don't know the trauma that they've experienced. He was in the past. Um, we don't know why he was given up so he does have a lot of anxiety and he does prefer us to be around so we had to um, understand his needs and um, the other dog um, we think maybe she was with an older person or that she was very spoiled because she wants to sleep on the bed and she's like very much <laughs> the princess of the house so she lets the children know she's the princess so it's, it's kind of like just working their personalities and their needs out the same as as kids. And so with all of this, you also have your own business doing PR work. Where on earth do you find time for yourself? 
Um, so I do make time for myself because I know that if I'm feeling low, then I won't be able to perform for my clients or for my kids, <gasps> never mind my, my <laughs> poor husband. But um, yeah, so um, I do make time for myself. Like if I feel like I need to take a couple of hours off before, because um, I, I generally try and work school hours so that I am there for the children. Well, one of us is there for drop off and pick up in the afternoon chaos um, and homework. And yeah, so I do try and um, squeeze in some hours generally not on weekends but when the kids are at school so in work time I'll slot in either um, a remedial massage or a walk or a run going just doing something for myself even if it's just I'm going for a coffee on on my own at a nice coffee shop yeah I just can't imagine how you fit it all in Um, so what does it mean to be Bondi mum of the year like does that have anything come attached to it are there any responsibilities with that title um so I was quite surprised actually um because apparently you were supposed to get votes um for yourself you know like sometimes there's these voting programs that you have to promote yourself and I didn't do anything like that so I was quite surprised when I did get chosen but I think it's just the recognition and then obviously it's with Bondi Chamber so it's working with them throughout the year and giving talks and just seeing how I can help in the local community. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, Candice, congratulations. Um, I feel like I need a little rest after <laughs> hearing about <laughs> your life, and I'm not going to complain about mine ever again, um, being too busy. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. That's Candice Meisel. She's a Bondi Mum of the Year for 2021. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.